the Dominicast at Dominican College Port Stewart. Hi, welcome to Dominicast episode 2. I'm Maria and today I'm joined with Susie and Carl. Today's episode features two special guests, Colin and Colin, who are mathematicians and magicians. This episode will include us interviewing them and finding a bit more about maths and magic. We'll also be going through the news in Dominican, past, present and future. So stay tuned. Plus, there'll be a competition. So keep your ears to the speakers and you might get a prize. What's going on, guys? Here's a quick word from our sponsor. Finn in here. And Katzmer. Here from... Year 13. The Dominicast is sponsored by Morelli's To Go in Port Stewart. Morelli's To Go offers a range of ice creams, sundaes, and much more. Morelli's is your go-to for a sweet escape with a range of allergy-friendly and vegan options available. It's also dog-friendly, so why not bring them along for a sit-and-treat or takeaway? With 36 mouth-watering flavors supplied by the award-winning Morelli's Ice Cream, every scoop is a moment of pure bliss. Morelli's to go, go. making life sweeter one scoop at a time. It's been another busy few weeks in Dominican. There's been a lot going on and plenty to keep everybody entertained. In sports, our netball teams have had some success on the court with wins over North Coast Integrated, Dalriada and Limavadi Grammar. So congratulations to the girls. And elsewhere, our year 10 footballers beat St Mary's 3-1 in a very competitive match. And we, Alice Todd in year 11, had great success in karate, becoming Irish champion in the 11 to 15 year old black belt kata event so congratulations to her so have some past pupils who will be taken to the stage in the upcoming phantom of the opera performances by the port rush music society aiden hughes stars as the phantom whilst noella orsborne will be playing christine so be sure to book your tickets before they sell out and if you fancy a new job dominican is currently looking for a teacher of health and social care to cover an upcoming maternity leave for more information check out the advert on our facebook and scope website and lastly, we had Mavs Week Ireland last week, so we decided to catch up with Mrs. Carey, our new head of Mavs, to find out more about this event. We have just finished celebrating Mavs Week at Dominican College. Throughout the week, pupils travelled around our first ever Mavs Fair. Here, each stall represented a different subject area. The pupils engaged in fun, practical activities at each stall, gaining an insight into how numeracy is embedded throughout the curriculum. The pupils also got to speak to financial specialists from Nationwide Building Society. Our school was visited by world-renowned mathematicians. Dr. Colin Wright made a presentation on the mathematics of juggling, and Dr. Colin Mulcahy, a math magician, spoke to us about the mathematics of magic. It was a thoroughly enjoyable, if not exhausting. So, Dr. Colin Wright, how are you going? Not bad, not bad. I've had a great day. It's been fun visiting. Good to hear. So, first question for you is, can you give us your academic background? Yeah, sure. As briefly as possible. Um, I did my secondary schooling in Australia and mm. did my equivalent of A-level there and then did a first degree in mathematics there. I did an accelerated degree, I did a four-year degree but in only three years, so I was doing more than a year's work every year. Uh, and then I applied to Cambridge to do a PhD and if you do that coming in from outside you have to do a one-year course first with exams and that's like a one-year taught master's degree. And then I did three years of research for my PhD. Uh, didn't finish in time, so I ended up taking a postdoc position doing research in maths and submitted in the first year. To many people's surprise, I actually failed that first time round. Um, got permission to rewrite and resubmit, not just corrections, but actually rewrite the entire thesis. Uh, but I passed the second time round and then um, finished off my three year contract 
at Manchester doing research in maths and then also did a three-year contract in research in computing at Liverpool and then got headhunted into industry. So a lot of work, but was that, was that the first time you ever failed with anything like, or like how do you feel whenever you failed something for the first time? You have to keep going at it or whatnot. You, you need to assess what's going on. You need to understand why you've failed. Right. Because if you, if you don't understand why you've failed, you don't You'll have a chance learn. to fix it. But I've, I've been involved with doing puzzles since I was sort of three or four years of age. And you, you're presented with a puzzle, you've got no idea what to do. So you just keep working at it. You just keep working at it. With the case of the PhD, um, I shouldn't have been allowed to submit in the first place, but there'd been a misunderstanding about the timing. So um, there was a bit of an accident went there. And then when I reviewed why I had failed on that, then it became clear what I needed to do to fix it. And the second time round, passed on the nod, not a problem. Um, I had failed to do as well as expected in the past, sometimes. Uh, and it's very much a case of stand back, look at it, assess why, make a plan and move forward. Uh, sometimes, yeah, sometimes you should give up, but most of the time, you should make a plan and persist. And that persistence is what can really make you stand out, not only in your schoolwork and academic career, but also uh, when you go on and, and uh, find employment in something. Hmm. Younger, uh, younger students, younger people want to have an interest in maths, have them develop their math skills and maybe help develop the mathematical world. The first time I went out and did a talk on maths, it was actually at a conference. And I did a talk on juggling, the unexpected maths of juggling, at a maths conference. So this was to researchers in mathematics. And they said that the talk was uh, interesting, engaging, entertaining, as well as being rich in mathematics. And some of them said, please, can you come and talk at my daughter's maths club or at my son's after-school activities? So I was invited out to do talks for different school groups. And when I did that, to see the excitement in some of the faces. I mean, not everybody likes what I talk about. Not everybody likes uh, the subject and not everybody gets engaged with it. But some students, uh, you know, it's, it was almost like the lights went on as they realized that there was something going on here that, that was unexpected and intriguing and potentially exciting. Um, as a person with a PhD in maths, um, I love to share what I do with other people. I'm interested in it. I want to show them. And it's something that not many school children get the chance to be able to be exposed to. You've got the curriculum, you've got the relentless grind of getting through examinations. So to see the bigger picture is something that can't always be provided by the teachers. And I thought, this is, this is a gap that I can fill. I can go in and I can do this talk. I'm not a teacher, but I do have this excitement about my subject. And I've learned over time how to talk to people who uh, are potentially interested and then can get involved and get engaged and get excited in the subject. And just, just seeing the excitement is, is absolutely a, a, a huge reward and is why I continue to do it. Understandable. And obviously, whenever, you're, whenever you start dealing with a younger audience, you have a lot of kids coming in with misconceptions about Mavs. What has been your funniest misconception you've ever heard? Uh, 
I'm not sure that I've had a funny misconception about, about these sorts of things, but the thing that you do get relentlessly is that people think that maths is about numbers and only numbers. And some of the talks that I do are about numbers, but not just sort of arithmetic, but trying to find structure that happens within it. And that leads on to things like cryptography and design of, of uh, internet modems and similar sorts of things. So there's a lot more going on. But the misconceptions uh, generally arise with people thinking that maths is just about a process you follow to get an answer and then you move on, not realising that there, there are in fact problems in maths where I can tell you, a, I, can, I can give you an example. Uh, a prime number is a, a number that's only divisible by itself and one, uh, and some prime numbers are one more than a square number. So for example, 17 is 16 plus one, and 37 is 36 plus one, and 101 is 100 plus one. And we know that there are infinitely many prime numbers, and it would be nice to know if there's infinitely many prime numbers that are one more than a square. This is an unsolved problem. No one knows the answer. It's, it's just... That's yeah. what's interesting. Yeah, why, why, why is this such a simple question to ask, and yet nobody knows the answer? It's been around for hundreds of years, and nobody can solve it. Yet. And there's the chase, there's the thrill of the chase. And so helping people see that maths is not just about doing sums and following processes, but actually is about a much broader range of thinking. Um, and certainly when I do talks on the mathematics of juggling, people sometimes go, but where's the math? And you start to find the patterns and, and what's going on in it and analyze it. And they go, but this isn't math. Yeah, this is math. This is... And so it's the, the, the pervasive misconception is what maths is. And it can be hard to explain. But also, when you do explain it, sometimes people go, oh, and that's the reward. That's oh. the reward. All right. And lastly, uh, what message would you like to leave for our audience today? I think that one that I've just said is, is pretty much it. It's pretty much it. Is, is find a way to do more. Um, if you're already into maths, read outside and more widely, do, do some more work on it. If you're not interested in maths, or if you think you're not interested in maths, there are books out there, things like um, uh, Matt Parker's um, Things Go Wrong, or Things to Make and Do in the Fourth Dimension, uh, Eugenius Cheng, how, how, to, how to Bake Pie. These are a gentle introduction into the kind of thinking that can lead on to people being research-level mathematicians, even if they're not very good at maths at school, or even if they think they're not good at maths at school. So the message is don't write off maths because you hated it at school, or because you had a bad experience. Everybody finds there comes a point where they just don't understand, or they just can't do it. I did. I failed my PhD. You know, it happened for me a long way out, but, but it happens for everybody. There comes a point where you need to back off, look at what's going on, ask for some help, and figure out what, what, what you need to do to understand it. It takes time, it takes work, but nothing that's worth having comes without having that work. Uh, a famous football manager once said, I will take a hard worker over a talented player any day because uh, talent without hard work is useless. Hard work always wins. 
And I understand why people are lazy. I understand it's, and it's not really laziness, it's conservation of effort. I understand why people don't put in the hours, don't put in the work, because it can be incredibly frustrating. People don't like being frustrated, and I can understand that. But if you can sort of stand off that a little bit and persist anyway, it's amazing how far it will take you. And every small gain gives you a little bit more to attack the next bit. It's cumulative. It always builds. And if you keep doing that, it's amazing how far you can get. Great words. Thank you very much for this interview. Hope you had a great time with Dominican. It's a pleasure. Thanks. I've really had a great time here. Hi. Thank you Lovely so much. here. See you there. Cheers. Hi everyone, Cara and Caden here from Year 13. We are just taking a short break from the podcast to tell you about our new sponsor. Looking to transform your living space into something truly special? Look no further than a broader picture. Your one-stop homeware shop and interior design expert. Located on the promenade in Portstuart, a broader picture is your local destination for exquisite furniture, unique decorations and modern giftware. Whether you prefer the tactile experience of in-store shopping or the convenience of online, they have it all. What sets a broader picture apart is their dedication to helping you create a living space that reflects your personality and style. With their interior design service, their experts will work with you to bring your vision to life. Visit their website at abroaderpicture.com to explore their stunning range of products and to shop online for the comfort of your own home. If you prefer the hands-on approach, you can always visit A Broader Picture on the Porchdirt Promenade for an in-store shopping experience. You can also connect with them on social media for the latest trends and design inspiration. A Broader Picture is more than just a shop. It's your partner in crafting a space that truly feels like home. So whether you're looking for in-store shopping or online convenience, A Broader Picture has you covered. Visit them on the Porchdirt Promenade or explore their website today and let their team turn your home into a work of art. A broader picture, where style meets comfort, whether you shop in store or online, visit them today to discover the beauty of homewares and interior design. Today we'll be interviewing Colin, a math- mathematician and magician. Today we'll be talking about the maths behind card tricks. So first of all, we'll start off by asking, can you tell us a bit about your background and how you started in the world of mathematics and magic, Colin? Well, thank you. Great to be here. Um, I am a mathematician and I studied maths in Dublin when I was young and ended up uh, spending a lot of time teaching in the States. And now I'm back here in Ireland a lot of the time. And uh, it wasn't actually till about 20 years ago that I got interested in magic. The people who were good at magic started when they were 12 or 14 and I was definitely not one of those. So I didn't start with magic of any kind until much later in life. And what got me interested in it was um, books by a man called Martin Gardner. He was a very famous writer who wrote over 100 books, and about 40 of them were about maths and puzzles. And he was, he was actually a professional level trained close-up magician. He knew how to do card magic going way, way back in time. So he wrote about mathematical card tricks, and I didn't know such a thing existed. And then I read what he wrote, and I thought, this is very interesting. So in time... I, I invented my own mathematical magic yeah. tricks, tricks that combined maths for you know entertainment purposes, yeah. and uh, it's been a lot of fun. Okay, um, your work often combines mathematics and magic. What inspired you to merge the two together in the seemingly distinct fields, and how do they inter- in- 
intersect in your work? Well, like I said, I always knew magic existed and I liked it, but didn't pay very much personal attention to it. And I spent most of my life doing maths as a profession. But when I discovered that there were mathematical card tricks, um, that kind of got my attention big time. Uh, and there are some very clever ones going back 50, 60, 70 years. Uh, one of the famous ones involves an imaginary poker hand. So a poker hand is five cards. So um, this was written about way back in the 1950s, I think. And the idea is that somebody telephones a friend and it's a very bad phone line. And he's about to tell his friend what, what, what hand he got at poker the previous night. So he says, I had this incredible hand. And he tells, he starts listing the cards he has. But the telephone line is really bad. And as he suspects, the line gets cut before he's got to the end of the list. And he knew this was going to happen or he thought it might happen. So he said the names of the five cards in a very particular order so that if the phone line dropped before he got to the last card, even though his friend would be disappointed, he, he could work out what the card, the missing card was. So the basic idea is given any five cards from a normal deck of cards, it's possible to make a list of them in a very specific order so that you can read out the first one and the second and the third and the fourth and then you say, that's it. Oh. And your friend goes, oh, but I know the maths. I know what the fifth card what must have been. And this really fascinated me and uh, got me interested yeah. in this whole area. So I have a version which is a little different, and, uh, but the version there is you're given any four cards and you give your friend information about three of the cards but not the last one. And your friend can figure out what the last card is. And that's one of my, I think, best yeah. inventions. But it's not easy to do in practice. It, it requires a lot of practice. But it does involve maths. How long, roughly, would you say it took you to master this? Well, um, I got interested in it. I remember one January when I had a, uh, a friend told me about this five-card trick. And I, he was going to tell me the solution. And I said, no, no, I'm very interested. Let me think about this. And it took me a few days to figure out oh. what was going on. But then I got really interested. And I spent a long time, if I was traveling on an airplane, on a train, I would just take out a deck of cards and fool around with them and over time yeah. you know within a year or two I kind of I got to know the deck of cards reasonably well not enough to win a game of poker but <laughs> but enough to have ideas interesting yeah. ideas about how maths and cards could be combined for fun and it's it's useful when you're teaching certain maths ideas you can teach them with the help of a deck of cards and I think yeah. you know it gets the attention of students yeah, pupils it they, it, it's you know yeah. more exciting than equations and yeah. numbers <laughs> <laughs> but of course, to explain it, you sometimes do need numbers and equations. Yeah. Well, you're well known for your mathematical card tricks and magic-related publications. Can you tell us about your favorite magic trick that you've created or performed? Well, um, I think the ice cream trick, which I've been doing today in, in every meeting with students, and it goes like this. I ask somebody, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? And as they're thinking about it and telling me, I'm shuffling the cards. And then if they say vanilla or strawberry or chocolate, which are very popular flavors, um, I take about 12 cards. It doesn't matter. 11, 12 will work. And I use those cards to spell out the flavor that they've mentioned. So vanilla, spell out seven cards, and then I drop the rest on top. And then we do it a couple of times. And uh, at the end, a piece of surprising magic happens, which generally gets people's attention. They're like, how did you do that? And uh, if I'm doing it for entertainment purposes, I just say, very well, thank you. But if I'm doing it for educational purposes, I, 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 I f 
fess up yeah. and I say, well, let me do it again and watch me more carefully. Did I do something sneaky as well as doing the, the dealing and dropping is entirely honest. It's entirely mathematics. But of course, there is a little element of magic. And then at the end, I, I come clean and I explain everything. But the advantage is they, they know they can do something interesting and fun and surprising with maths. And they actually know enough to go home and reproduce it and do it for their brothers or sisters or their family. And um, it's a very popular trick with people aged six to 106. I mean, um, and I've done it for a 103-year-old. Yeah, it is very inclusive. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, what's the most challenging mathematical concept you've used in a magic trick? And how did you make it accessible and engaging to a general audience? Wow. Um, okay, well, there is a trick which I didn't do here today that involves um, poker hands. And um, the idea is if you take any five cards from a regular deck of cards, what's the chances that you have something interesting like a pair of sevens or three queens? It turns out the answer is surprising. It's 50%. So about half of the poker hands are interesting in some way. If you take any 10 cards using more advanced mathematics, it turns out there's a 98% chance that there's something interesting. Now, of course, a poker hand is not 10 cards, but 10 cards is two poker hands. So I came up with an idea where you could take 10 random cards. There's a 98% chance there's good stuff in there, like a pair of sevens or three aces or whatever. And there's a sneaky way, which combines misdirection and mathematics, where you can say to a friend, uh, you can take any five cards you want and I'll get the other five. But you actually control which five they get. And uh, you can make them win or you can make yourself win. So there's a lot of different moving parts in that trick. Uh, I don't do it in schools typically, not everybody approves of yeah. things related to gambling and <laughs> poker, but uh, it's, it's a fun trick and it really surprises the heck out of people yeah. that it works. And you can do it over and over, and the more you do it, the more mysterious it gets. You know, some magic tricks you should never do twice. Why? Just like a magician, uh, a, a, a comedian would not, if a comedian gets oh, a great yeah. laugh in a comedy club, they're not going to come back yeah. out for the encore and tell the exact same <laughs> joke because the audience won't laugh the second time. So in general, you don't repeat your tricks. But okay. this poker, 10-card poker trick, I've done it 10 times, 12 times for people, and it gets more and more baffling. And then when you explain the maths for the right audience, you might go back and explain it. They, they go, oh, it's so obvious now. Yeah. But it wasn't obvious the first time or the second time. Yeah. So that's probably the most complicated one. <laughs> so the next question is, in your opinion, what is the biggest misconception people have about mathematics or magic and how can we change these perceptions? Well, those are two very different topics. Uh, I think I'm more qualified to speak to mathematics. I think one of the things that people get a little confused about about maths is that maths is, you know, uh, ancient, old, precise, boring, rigid. Um, maths is about creativity and it's very much an art. Um, admittedly, most of the maths you see in school is old and more mechanical. You're learning how to m play with symbols and numbers and concepts that are not natural to a young, very young person. Um, again, going back to something I said earlier, imagine if you studied music for years and years and years and years and all you did was learn to read the notes which incidentally I can't do. I find music very intimidating. I enjoy it as a consumer, but when I look at sheet music, I, I, I don't know where to start. So it's a language, maths is a language, and um, we spend so much time teaching the grammar and the spelling and the basics, 
we don't get to the interesting stuff in secondary school or in primary school. And even in university, you don't see that much that's maybe less than 100 years old. It tends to be older stuff. If you were studying drama, you, you would perform in plays and see plays that had been written in the last 20 years. If, if, you, if you're studying film studies or literature, you would know about living writers and books. You study mathematics, unless you get very far along, you don't meet real living mathematicians or realize that maths is being done by thousands of men and women all over the world right now. The stuff you learn about tends to be ancient. There's a very steep learning curve. It's a language and it takes a long time to get fluent in the basics. And that turns people, it turns off a lot of people. And, you know, not everybody obviously is um, likely to enjoy or succeed at or create mathematics. But we lose creative people to maths because they think it's rigid and boring and you know, there's no room for imagination here. Actually, to do real maths that advances the subject, um, you do need a lot of imagination and creativity. And most people, I don't think, realise that. Mm -hmm. um, what advice would you give to individuals who are interested in exploring the intersection of mathematics and magic as a hobby or even as a potential career? Well, I'm not sure it's a potential career for too many people. Mm -hmm. um, there are a few mathematicians I know who are really good professional level magicians, but it's pretty rare. And there are very few magicians who also are professional level mathematicians. So, you know, at the professional level, it's a very small intersection, a very small overlap. Um, if you're interested in mathematical magic, I mean, there's four or five books available. Um, there's, um, if you just Google mathematical card tricks, mathematical magic, topological magic, rubber band magic, um, people do amazing things with rubber bands, uh, knots that dissolve in front of your eyes, you know, they tie you up in knots and the knots are suddenly gone. Uh, things that seem impossible are sometimes based on mathematics. Uh, my own expertise or interest such as it is, is in the card angle, but rope magic, um, you know, knots, there's a mathematical theory of tying knots and uh, there's a lot, a lot you can find, a lot of great videos you can find on the web if you're interested. Colin, what advice would you give to young students who are interested in mag magic and want to maybe pursue it further? Start young. Um, if you want to have actual skills with your fingers, um, which I do not have, uh, my skills are very minimal, but they, they, they use my brain more than my fingers. Um, if you want to do magic, um, the younger you start, the better. I mean, most real magicians started by the time they were 12 or 14. Um, so, you know, start as young as you can. Again, these days with YouTube and video, you can find an explanation for just about all the famous magic tricks. Um, and you can teach yourself by watching videos carefully. Um, practice, practice, practice coin magic. I mean, there's people who can show you a coin and turn their hand over and turn their hand back and the coin is gone. And it's like, where could that coin possibly be gone? I've seen it done in front of my eyes. I've seen somebody take a card, deck of cards and take the top card and show it to me and it's the Ace of Diamonds. I've seen people show me a deck of cards and they take off the top card and it's the Ace of Diamonds. And I, I, I handle it and it's the Ace of Diamonds and they put it back on the deck and they take it off again and it's the Queen of Clubs. And it's, I, I do not know how that's done. It's done with considerable skill, considerable practice, practice, practice. Um, so yeah, real magic is a whole other ballgame. Yeah. And our final question for you is if you could share one key takeaway or message with our audience, what would it be? 
explore the unexpected. I mean, Matt uh, has lots of surprises. We're, we keep learning new things that we didn't learn before. Learn a new fact a week. Learn something about something new once a week. In a year, you'll have 50 new little skills. This episode's competition is a riddle. Whoever figures out the answer can go to Mr. Coyles and tell him. The riddle is, what can be a circle, a triangle and a rectangle all at once? And don't forget, folks, it's half term next week, so we're off school until Monday, 6th of November. And when we get back after half term, it will be week one, so make sure to pack your bags accordingly. There will also be plenty to keep everybody busy after half term as well. Year 10 and 12 students will be starting to think about those all-important subject choices for next year. And with Christmas coming up, there will be rehearsals for our upcoming annual carol service. And of course, there's Christmas exams and mocks to look forward to. I'm personally not excited. Extracurricular activities are up and running, and a number of our clubs and teams will be starting to make progress in leagues and competition. So be sure to check out our Facebook page and website for the weekly schedules of everything on offer after school at the ECP. Right, guys. To wrap this up, those were some very interesting interviews with very interesting talking points, specifically about Mavs. And speaking of Mavs, our Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, was mentioning about keeping students on to their 18, doing at least some sort of Mavs. Now, Maria, Susie, what's your opinions on this? I think it's a great idea. I think Mavs is a very useful subject for every single aspect of life i think it would be very useful to do it until you're 18 and just keep up your knowledge of general maths i personally think it's a bad idea because i think you know enough about maths by the time you're finished at gcse and you shouldn't have to keep doing it if you don't want to well callum you do a level maths so why don't you tell us what you think a level maths it's very hard but it's also very rewarding like all good things in life so that's why I believe that keeping Mavs on to 18, at least developing on your skills and upkeeping what you've maybe got from GCSE is a good idea. But anyway, guys, that's today's podcast roundup. So I hope you had a great time listening. If you haven't already done so, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode on the Dominicast. We're available on all major platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can even listen to the Dominicast on your smart speaker. Just ask it to play the Dominicast by Dominican College Port Stewart. Many thanks to our guests this week, Dr. Colin Wright and Colin McCahey, and many thanks to Mrs. Keary for organising a great week of events for Mavs Week Ireland. And a big thank you once again to our sponsors, A Broader Picture and Morelis to Go, for their continued support in bringing the Dominicast out to listeners. And I'm here wishing everyone a very happy Halloween. We hope that everyone has a great break, and we will be back in a new term with another episode. So, we'll see you then. The Dominicast at Dominican College Port Stewart.